Is it live? It's live. It's all. It's alive. It is alive. Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is the apocalypse nerd and Anna Bomb Glancy coming to you from Podcast Act Round Zero, home of the apocalypse. And this is uh, episode thirty-four, uh, Dawn of the Dead. So this episode, we are going to talk about the classic Romero 1978 film, Dawn of the Dead, and we will also be talking about the quote-unquote remake. I don't really consider it much of a remake except the name, uh, 2004 Dawn of the Dead, which I feel as a standalone film is really good. But we'll get into that when we get into the movies. Um, so uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, we also got a... Oh, Bring up some other dead stuff, too, uh, that we got. Uh, got some stuff sitting here that you can't see me moving around because I haven't brought it in front of the screen yet. Uh, so first we will, uh, in the news, uh, I don't got a whole heck of a lot this week. One thing I wanted to mention was something I meant to uh, mention the other week was uh, one, of the, one of our um, followers uh, watches the show brought up a post-apocalyptic series of books called High... Um, uh, freeway, was it, is it fucking Freeway? It's either, I think it's, hold on a second. It's, I think it's called, um, Highway Holocaust. It's, it's, it's a series of books. Uh, it was kind of, it was like a series of like four or five books that were kind of like, like a create your own adventure type of game. Oh, oh, so you could actually like go to page 34 to figure out whether your decision to stop for the hitchhiker worked out or... Something like that. Something like that. It's um, but I I can't like find anything any that are reasonably cheap. Like he says, like yeah, they get they're kind of expensive. Uh, mm. so so I, I haven't really dug around uh with for them yet because uh, again I haven't seen them cheap. But they're these kind of these interesting. It sounded interesting, you know, because there's there's some rules to them. So it's a little bit of a create your own adventure, but a little role playing aspect with some dice and rules. I'm not 100 percent because I haven't really dug into it too deep yet. Because uh, I haven't found any that are like, oh, I'll pay twelve dollars for this book that probably cost dollar ninety nine twenty years ago, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so they're and, long out of print, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're, they're you, you could I've seen them on Amazon. You could get them, but they're they're not cheap. So it's one of those things. Yeah, you can get your hands on it, but you're gonna pay a premium. So uh, maybe one maybe I could, I'm just gonna keep on looking and try to find if I can get my hands on it. We'll talk about them a little bit more. But it was just interesting. So if anybody out there, you know. You know your local old bookstores. You know they might be sitting on the shelf somewhere. If you find them, let us know. You can have cheap. Send us some. Send us some. We'll give you our address. You know. So, because uh, unfortunately, I don't have any good old books. Like I uh, told Scott knows that we have no old good old bookstores down here anymore. Uh, I used to have a couple of good ones, long gone. So I probably would have found them there, but uh, the last one shut down uh, ten years ago. So, uh, so I came across that. Uh, also, coming out uh, next month, I mentioned a few shows ago, was this uh, game called 77 Worlds, which was uh, one of the creators of it was uh, J uh, James Ward, you know, Jim Ward for Gamma World and Metamorphosis Alpha fame. Uh, that's coming out next month, like the first box set is coming out. Like they're actually doing it as a box set with the rules and just to remember what the game is, it's like uh, they, there was these AI ships that were built to help defend, you know, the colonies. This alien invasion destroyed like all the planets except for like uh, this one uh, moon base, which had like these kind of like it's kind of like Westworld. You know, there's like Amazon, there's like an Egyptian world or uh, Camelot, 
and the, it's like you're basically living in those, and you can go out and explore, see the ruined Earths, because you know the AI ships, you know, are defending. It seemed kind of interesting. Comes out next month. Uh, I'll definitely pick it up, and I'll be able to talk more about it once I uh, get my hands on it. Uh, but that's all I really had. You know, the, like I said, still watching uh, Z Nation, and still keeping my interest. Uh, Walking Dead actually is good this season so far. First two episodes, like yay, they're staying strong for two freaking episodes. Finally, instead of being uh, you know, General Hospital with zombies, you know, but um, ex except for that. Well, I have to go back and pick up, I have to go back and pick up the fourth season, but thank you, Netflix, for uh, having uh, the whole fourth season right there ready to go for me. I yeah, I gave up my cable and yeah. did not notice that Netflix was uh, keeping up with Walking Dead. I don't know if they're posting the, the, the fifth season stuff, but at least I can catch up on four. So no spoilers. That's our job. Yeah, no, no spoilers yet, you know, but it, it's it's going pretty strong. And, oh, and one thing I forgot to mention on last show, I thought about it pre-show, totally forgot to mention it. We were talking about uh, fa fantasy weapons, you know, for the apocalypse weapons. The mm -hmm. one thing I completely forgot to mention, and I remembered it after the show, was what what do you think I forgot? What is the what is the one thing I should have mentioned but didn't? Let's see. Um, I had to remind you of the zombie bat, which was important. That was the most important thing. Well, yeah, that was, that's beside my bed. That's beside my bed. But, um, um, the, uh, you know, you know, one thing we never talked about, I'll tell you what I don't remember us talking about ever, was we didn't talk about the crossbow, which is oh, all yeah. over. It is all over all of apocalypses, whether it's, you know... Well, well now it is, yeah. yeah. Now it is, but it wasn't there until... Daryl! Well, no. No, I mean, um, Road Warrior. Road Warrior is where we suddenly got crossbows all over the place. You know, that was, that was the first time I remember them. Turn. But, uh, yeah, Daryl has now made crossbows cool, uh, that's for sure. Um, nope. Again, you know, it's, and it's extra cool for the zombie apocalypse because quiet, 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 and Zeke doesn't know you're coming. Because nope. say what you like about Zeke, he's, he ain't that bright. No, but... Uh... No, this one comes from a world setting that, you know, in 1994, a runaway planet tra goes between the Earth and the Moon. <laughs> what was the, the name of the sword? The Fabulous Sun Sword! I can't believe I forgot to mention that last time. Oh, episode. the Sun Sword, you know. Um, it, you, know what I, you know what I always thought of with the Sun Sword was, I mean, obviously it was a lightsaber. Does it predate the lightsaber or does it postdate the lightsaber? Postdates the lightsaber. Okay, but... Uh, it always sort of reminded me of the Vibroblade from Gamma World. And the Vibroblade predates fucking yeah. lightsabers. However, despite the fact that the illustration of the Vibroblade looks like a lightsaber in the game, there's like an illustration, I remember the description was just that the, the fucking blade just vibrates at a frequency so that it makes it extra sharp or something. Wasn't it something like that? It's literally a Vibroblade because it... it, it it has this vibration. It's some, you know, extra weird frequency that separates molecules and just cuts right through metal or something. Yeah, I, I'd have to play. Yeah, it could cut. It's like the only thing that could cut through duraloy. Yes, that's what it was. It was the only thing that could cut through duraloy. Yeah, which was mined on the moon. So that was our future metal was uh, duraloy. So thank thank God we found a whole new element. Yes, <laughs> for the periodic table on the Dura Duraloy, which is better than uh, what? What was that stupid? 
Adamantium? No, 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 no. And that freaking horrible... Um, oh! Movie, um, unobtainium. Unobtainium. Fuck you! Fuck you! Unobtainium? Come on! Here's the part that killed me about Unobtainium. And I'm a dick. I haven't actually seen the movie. Um, I did. There's, Gar- some, Sorry. there's Gar- some movies that I have been lucky enough and some horrible things that I've been lucky enough to have my wife go and experience for me. Uh, she went and watched, um, was it, what's the James Cameron film, Avatar. And Avatar. she's like, oh my God, it's poop. She, she delivered the poop assessment. Uh, she went and recently watched World War Z and was just the, 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 the Brad Pitt atrocity. And she was just like, oh God, just... Uh. And she also, speaking of apocalypses, and I'm hoping one day I can get her to talk about this on the show, she went and read through the entire Left Behind series. Oh, because she wanted to know what, why are these things popular? What's going on? Why is this a thing? Why is this a huge thing? And it was awful. It was bad writing. It was of bad. Course, writing. Of course, it's all. It yeah. all. You know. It all. Uh, but, but when she saw Avatar, she said that uh, and uh, that the unobtainium, they never actually give a reason for unobtainium. They can just say, "Why are we after?" It? Well, do you know what it costs per ounce? It's a billion dollars an ounce, or they have some money number attached to the unobtainium. But no one ever says this is the this is what we need to power Earth. If we don't have it back home, everybody light everybody's lights go out. You know, like it's petroleum, like it's the petroleum of the future. Where if we don't get it back to Earth, or, you know, sure, it's, it's trif it's, it's trif oil. Yeah, sure, the company's gonna make you know horrifyingly obscene profits, but hey. We're trying to save civilization, you know, so that they at least have some sort of bullshit patina over their greed about, we're about advancing civilization. You wouldn't want all those poor people on Earth to starve in their, you know, starve and freeze in their apartments, would you? Of course not. That's why we have to fuck over the natives. But no, it's just like, their only answer is, money! You know, that's all they've got. That's as far as the script went was, you know, money. And I'm like, okay, okay. Because that's what bad guys tell each other every day when they're doing bad shit. They go, well, we're really being villainous today. Yes, we are. Our rate of evil is up almost 75%. Excellent. Excellent. Look, at those, look, look at those numbers. Look at those numbers. No one, no one ever tells them so. We're complete shit weasels and are morally reprehensible on every level. Let's go have some more hookers and blow. No, they don't. Anyways, that's just a gripe. But let's, it's not apocalyptic. Moving on to actual apocalypses. So, yeah, the Left Behind here, she had a fire. Now, tell, technically, tell, 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 tell her I'm sorry for her. Technically, that's an apocalypse. In fact, it's the apocalypse. Let's be honest. I mean, I know. We and, and I've I've read through um, Robert Price, big Lovecraft scholar, also guy does the Bible geek. I've read through his book on paperback apocalypse called Paper, which is about the history of biblical apocalypses in cinema and fiction. It's quite good. I highly recommend it to anyone who's got an interest in getting an overview, uh, not just of the uh, biblical apocalypse uh, as written, but the biblical, biblical apocalypse as retooled to either sell more Bible or retooled to sell tickets or books, and it's, it's quite good. Um, give Bob Price 10 out of 10 for that one. Buy his book. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Left Behind or what's so popular. So, like, I'm sure it's very popular, you know, no offense to anybody and their belief system, but I'm sure it's really geared towards the, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the whatever form of Christianity that 
Oh yeah, a lot of people believing. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, uh, Pentecostal. I think is probably not a bad way to put that. Yeah. Um, the uh, but uh, or evangelical, but uh, that's it's, what it's, you mean. It's to keep you afraid. It's to keep you uh, keep you uh, you know honest because you know only only a, only the belief in, in your afterlife is keeping you from uh, you know going on a raping killing pain. Rampage, and if that's what's keeping you from that, then you're a bad person. You were a bad person to start with. You you're a bad person to start with. Anyway, what's some apocalyptic stuff? And uh, I mean, you had mentioned a while ago Bob's book uh, about the, about yes. the uh, paperback apoc paperback apocalypse. You said it's called. Always worth repeating. Yes. Paperback apocalypse. Cool. Cool. And uh, yeah, uh, that, and also those books. Uh, Free, it's a series is Freeway Freeway Warrior, four game books created by Joe uh, Dever, okay. published published in eighty eight eighty nine. Uh, the complete story of a band of nuclear Holocaust survi survivors as they flee Texas to the relatively sa safety of California. So yeah, so it's yeah, it's, it's on Wikipedia. It's got a little bit of information. It was based on the Lone Wolf system. Uh, which apparently created for some other types of game books. So, um, so yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, so I'll have to dig into that a little bit more. But uh, anyway, on to tonight's. Now, I have a question for you, Jared, because uh, last time we were here, you said that this was because we're closing in on Halloween. You know, yes. we were going to be doing Dawn of the Dead. Yes. But before we actually started this uh, episode, you were saying that you are now ready for Halloween to be over this year. This Halloween. Uh, is it all? Is it this Halloween you're ready for it to be over? Or is it, or are you sort of having had your fill of Halloween in general? Well, do we do we really need to take this on the air? You know why I don't like Halloween anymore. Uh, actually, no, I don't. But I'm I'm I am. Uh, let's go ahead and do this on the air just to, to fill some space here. We'll do it quick. Okay. All right. So not that viewers need to know this much about my personal life, but. Six years ago on Halloween, I found my mother dead after she killed herself on Halloween. Yeah. So that's why Jared doesn't really like Halloween anymore. Yeah. Because all it brings up is bad, bad memories. It's never going to get better. It's, 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 it, it, it does. It's not as bad as it was. But some years, I just don't give a fuck. It's like I just want it to be over. Anyway, viewers didn't need to know that. They don't need to give a shit about my personal fucking problems. But right. um, you're right. I'm I'm pushing something that's way too intimate. But you know, uh, I apologize for for going out on that limb. But um, it's uh, despite that, you know, that that you've come back enough to the point where you can at least acknowledge that this is a scary movie. This oh, was. Oh yeah, 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 no, no, that's, that's why we're talking about this. We're not talking about anything else. So yes, Dawn of the Dead. Moving along. Moving along. Dawn of the Dead. I have the. Blu-ray version here, and Scott's got the the big uh, definitive collection that came out by uh, Anchor Bay put it out, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, the um, And it's got, what, three, I think it is, versions of Dawn of the Dead on it? Uh, yeah, it's got, like, theatrical, it's got European cut, and it's got uh, uh, director's cut, I think. Plus some lovely documentaries. Yeah, good documentaries in there. Uh, I didn't notice much. There wasn't really much added to the director's cut or theatrical. Uh, the European cut. I didn't find there was much that really added to it. Uh, so if you just want to get your hands on just the regular version, if you have you if you have never seen this, you're doing yourself a 
grave injustice. It's a moral imperative that you watch the original movie if you've never watched it. So you can yep. just pick up the standard theatrical release from U.S. and you'll be fine. You don't need to worry about the director's cut, European cut. It doesn't really add anything to the movie, in my opinion. It's because it's a small amount. It's like a little bit of time it is. Like it's I, uh, I don't remember very much at all now that you're now that you're bringing it up. I, I remember that there were scenes inside the mall. Oh, that's it. The one scene that's in the extended cut that really stood out is the one about where um, uh, who's the actor who plays Flyboy? Where um, yeah, uh, 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 Stephen yeah. Uh, David Mg. Uh, David Steve, yep. Yeah, uh, David is saying, I don't understand why this is a problem. I don't understand how this is out of control. You know, we just killed a bunch of them, and it was so easy. What's the big deal? And Ken Foray just slaps him down with that with this speech about, yeah, um, imagine that it's uh, Francine coming at you. Could you do it? And there's this moment of like, oh, fuck, you know. It's uh, it's not fun in games. It's not easy, you know. Um, and uh, that's the one scene I remember sticking out. Oh yeah, because like I said, when they have they have playing on the TV, you know, they're saying it's like these are not your loved ones. Do not, you know, think that they're going to be okay. Oh, I forgot to do one thing before we start talking about this movie. Sure. Spoiler alert, people. Oh God. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Okay, so if if you have not seen this 1978 film yet, tough shit. <laughs> okay, we're we're talking about it. So, but spoiler alert. But yeah, yeah, they they talk about it when they're on the TV about um, uh, you know, these are not your loved ones. These are not your family members. They're pure. They're pure uh, instinct. Instinct. You know, uh, moving instinct. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it that the scientist is played by French? Um, God, uh, he says they're pure. Richard France, that's the guy's name, who plays the one-eyed scientist. They're pure motivated. Uh, Dr. Millard Rusha? Rausch. Dr. Millard Rausch. Yeah. Which is a Dummies! Great... <laughs> Dummies! Um, him, and, him and Dr. Forrester are my only, the only people I have a lot of complete sympathy with in that film. The poor bastard at the beginning who's on the talk show who's trying to talk sense. Oh yeah, so yeah, that, so that's the way this. Okay, this movie. All right, let's let's talk about the movie. The movie. Let's set up. The movie starts. The zombie apocalypse is already underway. It is definitely happening. It's probably probably been a couple of weeks. I'm thinking. Not not very Forrester, much. Very Forrester actually says how many weeks. He says it's been blank weeks, and I want to say he says you have not listened. You have not listened for. Three weeks is what I think he says. You know what? And I just freaking watched it too, and I don't remember. It's not like two or three weeks. It's yeah. not a very long time because again, it's this slow apocalypse because it's this it's this classic slow Romero zombies. Okay. Yeah. So and all zombies were pretty much slow up to this point. There's a few examples of quick zombies, but all the way back with White Zombie and I Married a Zombie, and you know all, even the the old, the, 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 the zombie on Kolchak, the Night Stalker, slow. Well, but, you know, but in this movie, there are, there's a couple of quick ones. You know, the children, they move pretty fast. They oh, yeah. The children move fast, and, and, some, and some of the people, some of them move, you know, pretty quick. But overall, they're, they're slow. So that's part of, the, of how it's 
more terrifying, at least I think, because it's a slow build. Because it's not like, oh, they're so slow. We could just walk right through the past them, you know, from the Night of the Living Dead uh, Savini uh, remake uh, of it. And they're right, they're slow, but the thing is if you, but because they're slow, I think the problem is people aren't paying as much mind to them. They don't see them as a threat at first. That's why they keep on building and building and building to where, okay, this is now a huge freaking problem that we can't back out of because we've let it go so far because we put no credence on it. Because like the doctor said, this is, you know, it's been going on for two or three weeks and it's starting to break down a lot, you know. Not yet, because even further into the film, after they get to the mall, they're watching TV, and it's a couple, well, several weeks. Uh, it feels like, yeah, you're right. It feels like it's it's several weeks in. Well, several weeks pass by that they're there, and they're still talking. The, a package of initiatives has gone to the prison, so there's still organization, there's still some government even weeks in, because it's slow, it's building defenses, but then it gets to a point where, they, you know, actually I think at one point it gets to be uh, probably a couple of months go by because Fran, get, you know, gets, you know, That's bigger, true. You bigger can, and bigger. You can a good clock for the film, watching time go by, is it's her pregnancy. Yeah. But the structure is we start off and we're in a news station, which is great because you, you're in a place where all this information is coming into and going out of about the apocalypse, right? So you get this great uh, sort of a way to fast forward the audience through how fucked up things have got. Yeah, because there's so much chaos in the newsroom. You know, people are yelling at each other, screaming at each other. Like these are out of date. We can't put these up there. Put those on the air because we're the every minute we don't have them there. People are watching. They'll tune out. They like they don't know that, dude. This is it's going down. It's all going down right now. And he's worried about his freaking ratings. So how people are have not connected with it yet. They're well, it's 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 everyone's still firing the ammo they had loaded in their gun at the start of the crisis. So the guy who's the station manager is worried about ratings at a time like this, you know. And um, uh, it's like that's what he's always been worried about. And so the next group of people, like when you finally see the. Uh, the uh, uh, poor people in the barrio refusing to give up their dead to the police. It's everyone's more worried about you know their you know everyone's more worried about their their the fucking oppression that you know oh it's the cops man we have to resist the cops not what are we doing we're actually they're actually on the side of the zombies by protecting them from being put down. People are still, and, and the cops are all like, you know, the, we got plenty of cops who are like, these fucking scum. They're all just worried, uh, thrilled. That oh, they that's, oh that, that, well, that's Willie. Yeah. You know, Willie just wants to Willie, shoot some people. Willie's gone eat shit. You know? yeah, he's more interested in using this as a great opportunity to finally shoot the people he's always wanted to shoot. Oh, yeah, Not, he's a total racist piece of shit, and he just was using an excuse to kill every minority that gets in his way, you yeah. know? And he, and which, and again, it's like, you know, you're just making more of the enemy, dickbag. Dick I mean, <laughs> you're literally making more of the things that are going to get up and chew your ass. Well, 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 since you mentioned that, again, in the beginning when they have the guy talking to the news, the best 
the, the way this movie it sets the pace. Best quote of the movie, one of the best quotes of the movie, and I love. I just love this line the way it starts off here. I looked it up so I, so I so I get it right. Is every bot, uh, <clears throat> every body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and kills the people it kills. Get up and kill. <laughs> he's yelling it on the news station because they're just not getting it. He's like no. people, you know. Poor Doctor Forrester. I can only hope that he saved an Alamo bullet because. <laughs> you know, he was talking, he was trying to tell people, trying to get through to them. Um, but the, the, the so the, the great movie starts off really great with a, a scene in the newsroom. You get a scene where the cops are not really dealing with the problem. They're being distracted by other bullshit, right? Instead of yeah. killing zombies, they're killing people. You yeah, know, they're, they're worried about uh, whatever it was, uh, Sanchez or... Um... Yeah, whatever the leader was inside the town yeah. building. Yeah, they're 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 not really, you know, they're having to go through people to get to the real enemy, which is just you know horrifying that you're gonna have to. They're having to kill more people to get to the zombies to kill them because people are not convinced that their loved ones can't get better, that they're not gonna find the serum, and you know. Oh yeah, exactly. Because they they have. Board up in rooms, and you know they're like, "Don't go in there!" It's like it's just like a room full of zombies. They got them in the basement, you know, and then tied right. up, tied up, as if you know that'll fix the problem. You know, um, uh, well, well, okay, because the old priest, because they run into the old priest, you know, great casting. You know, he was fantastic. It was uh, the one-legged Spanish priest. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. He... And, he, and he's talking about, you know, it's like, Senoras, you know. When, you know, when it's like, when the dead walk the earth, unless we, you know, unless we stop the killing, we will lose the war, you know? Don't listen to him. <laughs> and then, uh, then what is it? Uh, Roger asks Peter, like, why do they do that? And then Peter uh, is uh, like, Roger, uh, Peter's like, well, they still feel that there's respect and, you know, there's still respect in dying, you know? Yeah. Because, again, they, they don't realize the magnitude of what's going on. And just that scene where they have to go down to the basement and execute with headshots all these zombies. Um, Romero's definitely taking a page out of things like some of the atrocities that people saw in the news uh, during the Vietnam War. You know, there's a famous piece of footage where the police commandant, I think it is, of uh, Saigon executes a guy in the street right in front of the cameras. Just doesn't give a fuck. And that completely, just that just knocked people on their ass when they saw that. Yeah. And so I think that there's uh, that scene where they're 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 killing the zombies. They make a good point about it's not doing Peter any favors to shoot people in the head over and over again. You know what I mean? Yeah. He is not having a good time. This isn't hilarious. This is fucking him up every time he pulls the trigger. It's fucked up. Um. You know, and maybe he's past that by the end of the movie. He's hardened some way, but it ain't easy. It ain't. Oh, and, and Roger, Roger, you could you could see from the beginning, slowly. You know, he's losing cogs in the wheel. You could see little by little from the beginning. You know, yeah. like he but, he's, he he he's got a grip on it, but he's he's slowly losing his grip, little by little. You could see it. You know, I'll give Roger a big. Props as a character. The four main characters are, are Stephen, um, Roger, Peter, and uh, Fran. 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 
Uh, they're the four people who steal the helicopter from the news station and escape. Uh, Roger and Peter are two SWAT guys, or if they're not SWAT guys, they're cops who've been stuffed into SWAT uniforms for the duration of the emergency. You know what I mean? You don't really know if they're SWAT or they're just patrolmen who've been stuck in these, you know, uh, uniforms because all the cops are militarized during this. But um, uh, they flee the city of Pittsburgh, one presumes. Yeah. Uh, uh, as was, was Pittsburgh. Yeah. And and try and get away, and they, and get somewhere safe, which turns out to be a, a pipe dream. Oh. Um, oh, and it was funny when they were escaping in the helicopter because they were at like the fueling station, and I guess it was a police de uh, depot, and yeah. they had the boats, and they're like, "Well, where are you gonna go?" You're like, "Well, we're gonna go down river." Where that's an added scene. I just realized that is an added scene with those oh, guys. Yeah, they, no, that's in the in the theatrical, but they extend it a little bit. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The cops are there, but there's not that weird standoff where the other cops go, "Fuck, why are we gonna have a fight?" You know, when we're just gonna leave. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it does add that, but I don't think I don't think that makes or breaks the movie. You know, no, it's no. because the cop who says that is Captain Rhodes from Day of the Dead. Yes, you're right. Same actor who played yep. Rhodes. So it's just funny. They're like, "Well, we're gonna go, we're gonna go up the river. Where are you gonna go? We're gonna find an island." What island? Any island, you know, because <laughs> they just don't know. Nobody knows what to do. Because again, this movie and a lot of zombie movies, up until maybe recently, they live in a vacuum. They live in a world where zombie—they're in a world where zombies don't exist, like, or they don't know about the existence of zombies. You know, whereas in today, in this world, it's kind of hard to believe that. You know, like, how do they not know what zombies are? Because it's so. It's permeated, you know, culture, pop culture, so much that if you don't know what a freaking zombie is, you've been living in a closet. You it's, know, it's, if they did a movie where people uh, blew it because they obeyed the tropes of what they'd seen in zombie movies, oh shit! Well, like, all right, Return of the Living Dead does that. Yes, okay? Return of the Living Dead does that because. The zombies aren't created by getting bit. The zombies are created by getting Triox 427 on you. Yep. You know, the, 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 the hitting them in the head doesn't do shit. You know? Uh, if they had some movie where somebody got bit and they're like, ah, I'm bit, we have to saw my arm off and cornerize it, and then they find out, no, you really didn't need to do that. That would be amazing because they, they, they thought they were in a movie, and guess what, kids? It's not going to... Yeah, well, see, if somebody needs to make a zombie movie where they create... They have to create new rules, so and they can play off the fact that everybody knows the rules of zombies, all the variations. But guess what? We're making new rules about zombies. Yeah, that that's, would be that, that's the only way to do it to, for modern audiences because it's so it's so saturated now. Yeah. You know that you can't you can't get a it's well, to have, to have well, a, a movie. Travero brought us this in '78. We were all right, we'd had we'd had Night of the Living. Uh, in 68, 10 years earlier, and we'd had The Crazies, which is definitely, I mean, I think Dawn has got elements of The Crazies uh, mixed in with 9-11 Dead, because The Crazies is about how how the authorities yeah. handle a crisis, how badly they can handle a crisis, and, you know, um, how it or just keeps spinning out of control, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, that really sort of, you know, that worked for me. 
um, uh, as a it's, a, it's a great film. If you've never seen The Crazies, either version, although I am partial to the earlier Romero film because it's so delightfully low budget and they did so much with so little money. It's, you know, worth a look. Um, but uh, it's definitely got that, you know, uh, uh, how, you know, watching the authorities try and handle the crisis, watching people react to the crisis and having it just spiral out of control. Um, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's a very overarching uh, theme of it. Also, consumerism is his, his other theme in there, you know, because the whole mall thing about consumerism and shopping. But we'll, we'll get to that when we get uh, when we get to the mall. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I said you know, uh, yeah, we had that. We had uh, we had the Italian zombie film came out, so we we weren't really overdosed in zombies. Yeah, you had Return of the Living Dead come out and Day of the Dead, but it wasn't this saturated. Yeah, yeah but this last this last ten years, it's been like standing. It's like what, what do they say? Drinking from a waterfall, you know, drinking from a fountain is like an avalanche coming out of a mountain. You know, there's so yeah. much. It's it's too much. I really do think it's way too much. Hey, Pride and Prejudice with zombies, baby. <laughs> Are we gonna have to read that and view it? You 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 could read it. I, you know I, what? I, it's I, not I an, it's not an apocalypse, so we don't have to read it. It's just zombies. Pearl Derek Cocaster had to read it for Mail Order Zombie, but we don't. Because there's yeah. no there's no apocalypse, and Dawn of the Dead is absolutely unapocalyptic. Yes. So they they fly off in the helicopter. They're heading down. They're trying to get away, um, and they're just you know as they're going, they're flying over. You know they get to more rural areas. They get to the countryside, and you know they make comments that it's everywhere because I don't think they realize the global scale of what's going on. We don't. We never even hear of what's going on outside the country. They mention they mention that later in the film, but even from Pittsburgh, like oh my God, it's it's everywhere because they're like they've, they've been flying in the helicopter for hours, you know. It looks like it looks like they're the flying, looks like they're flying over the scenes from Night of the Living Dead the next yeah. day. You know what I mean? Yeah, just you know, scared because again, it hasn't become overwhelming yet. It's getting there. But it hasn't. So yeah, they're still, you know, the rednecks. They got their coffee. They're hanging out. They got the national guard. Everybody's still taking it lightly because it's like, okay, pockets here, pockets there. But it's not like horde. There's not, you know, these herds of zombies coming because they haven't chewed your freaking head off yet, and then you become become a oh, zombie. My favorite part where they're showing all the people having a party and shooting zombies, and the national guard's not even shooting because. The fucking locals are doing all the shooting. They're just sitting around drinking coffee and taking pictures. Taking pictures and, you know. My favorite part of that is the guy who's getting his head bandaged. And I'm like, I hope that's a bullet graze. I hope that's from your buddy who accidentally shot you, you know, in the scalp or something. And that's not a bite because he's laughing and talking. It's like, that ain't going to be the, there's not going to be any laughing two, three days from now. Yeah. When that shit kicks in. That's. You know, they're all having a good time now, but when you have to put Bob down, you know, yeah, that's not going to work out well. That's going to turn into the last scene in Reservoir Dogs where everyone's pointing guns at each other, <laughs> you know. Exactly. So, yeah, so they're traveling along. They're seeing all this stuff, and they're, they're running out of fuel, and, you know, they're coming to reality of what's going on, you know, because, like, they're like, oh, we'll stop at private airports or, we'll, or, or refueling stations, and they're like, they're like, you got paperwork for this bird? Well, I got, I, I got identification. It's like, it's like, it's like, wake up, sucker! We're thieves and we're bad guys. You know, Mr. Yeah. Fer, Mr. Ferre, thank you. He's saying, listen, we ran 
we're like all these other people. We're not the good guys. Anymore. We're the looters now, you know, um, yeah. because we chose not to die in place. Yeah. You know, there's going to be plenty of guys who would be happy to shoot us because the opportunity under martial law exists to shoot us. So that's yeah. going to, you don't want to be there for that. But the, the film really comes together when they reach the mall. Yep. And the thing about that mall that's that's sort of, I think, really important is that in 1978, malls, yeah, like zombies, malls were not everywhere. Hell, malls are a dying thing today, the big interior mall that's heated and lit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, uh, most shopping centers don't have a roof on them now because they're cheap. It's cheaper to maintain, and there's less maintenance involved, and it's cheaper yeah, these, to build. These open area little malls, like the one around, like the, the plaza around the corner from your house. Yeah. You know? Yes, University Village. University That's, Village. It's not a giant box. It's a bunch of stores standing around with walking space and pathways. But back in '78, I can remember when the first mall opened up in my general vicinity was the. Uh, was the Altamont Mall in Altamont Springs, Florida? As far as I know, it's it's still there. Um, and as a you know, when, and in 1984, when I saw Dawn of the Dead, I can remember, you know, as a as a teenager, being all excited about <laughs> yeah. having a mall in my area that at the time when it first opened actually had a, a sporting goods store in it. Yep. It had a gun store in it. Like, was it is it Peck and Paws? Uh, good question. Uh, I don't know what the name of the gun store is. I want to. Uh, I know that that's been used as a joke in other movies where the gun store's name is Peck and Paw. You know, like Sam Peck and Paw, the, the film director. But yeah, the, the but my old my the very first mall that was in, you know for a while it did have a sporting goods store in it, and I remember being delighted to know that my mall was equipped for the zombie siege. You know? Oh yeah, exactly. Because because when they're flying in, they're like they're like what? Because they're like What's that? And they're like, oh, it's one of those. Yeah. It's, it's one. It's one of the. It's one of those new indoor malls. Again, rarity to have those big malls. They're still. They're still around. Like you know, they're. But they're. They're. They're a dying breed now. It's like you know, they're. They're tearing them apart. Like there was this one, uh, down by me in Pompano, which was an indoor mall. They've reinvented. They tore down walls. They made it one of those open air malls because. That was the only way they were going to be able to freaking survive. So anyway, so in 1978, having that mall, again, that was the height of consumerism. That was yes. like, this is consumerism, a mall, all your shopping in one place. And he was trying to make a statement about consumerism by having it be in the mall. So that was yeah. his other overlying, his another, his, it's not even an underlying message. He was right out front with it, you know. And, and certainly there's a thing about that where, like, there's a haves and haves not thing that goes on once they take over the mall and seal it off. They have stuff, and the masses are trying to get in to get the stuff. There's a metaphor in there about uh, yeah. uh, underclasses trying to you know, trying to come in and take away things from the middle class and the upper class, right. and seeing each other as a threat. Uh, well, there's, there's, there's a metaphor of the way that the zombies wander around the mall, like shoppers do. Yeah, well, because they were saying that. Uh... Like, why do they come here? They're like, memory, if this place was important to them when they were alive, you know? Yeah, they're coming into the mall. There's no meat. Until our four people get there, there's no people in there. There's nothing for the zombies to attack. So why do they come here? 
What was he saying? They were happy here. Is that what he says? Something no, like no, that? No, no. It's like it's like it's like this place was this was this this was an important place for them. And it's, it is. It's a big temple of consumerism. It's like it's like a, a cathedral of of shopping. Yeah. So so they so they land there. You know, they they run around. They have some encounters, and then they decide, hey, you know what? There's a lot of shit here. Let's see let's see if we could uh, hole up here. You know, and you know, so they go through this whole process of you know getting into the stores, running around, trying to you know, like I said, they had the gun store there. Brown Derby was in there. You know, so they're they're running around here, and you know, they have a lot of close calls, but they want they get this big plan to close the doors, seal up the mall, kill everything that's on the inside, so they could just hole up there. You know, and while they're doing that, you know, before they do that, you know, they get they go on some small runs. Get some stuff up there. They're sitting there for a couple of days. They're like learn some hard lessons. Yeah, learned a lot of hard lessons. They, um, you know, they're watching the TV again. You're start. And this is probably a week, two weeks, three weeks after you know they leave, and they're, they're, the newscasts are still going on. That's when we get our lovely uh, uh, doctor. You know, Doctor Rausch. Doctor Rausch. You know. They must be destroyed on sight. You know, we just, you know, we're down to the line, people. We're oh, down to the line. That, that thing where he says it's not about the Democrats versus the Republicans anymore. It's yeah. down to the line, and it's like, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a couple of uh, problems that are currently orbiting us that we could say that about, but nobody's listening. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and I like and. Uh, uh, the, uh, yeah, we, like in one of these broadcasts he's talking about, he goes, the normal question, the first question is always, are they cannibals? No, they are not cannibals. Cannibalism, in the true sense of the word, implies to an interspecies activity. These creatures cannot be considered human. They prey on humans. They do not prey on each other. That's the difference. That's a, 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 yeah, and again, what I love about, you know, <laughs> talk like that is that um, in some ways it's just too late. Everyone's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, it's too, everyone's yell, everyone's you know, and I'm going to be a dick here, and I'm sure there are people out there who tell me that I'm I'm you know taking a side politically by saying that the panic about Ebola to me is a lot like this. That you know you can talk about the situation reasonably and calmly, but you know, uh, if you're not sharing the panic that certain other people are, you are clearly on this side of Ebola or you're not taking it seriously enough. And, you know, we need to do a bunch of stuff that's not going to help but will make me feel safe. You know, yeah. like Christian Cuomo having to back off their quarantine of that nurse. You know, uh, when it turns out, whoops, we've done something, you know, that's not going to be defendable. Yeah. Um, it wasn't actually helping. Yeah. Um, you know, the, but, but e e Ebola, you know, it's yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh, I'm not, you know, I read The Hot Zone, and, and even though that book has got a fair amount of uh, incorrect information in it, you know, um, I gained a healthy respect for this bug, but uh, um, it's not the Z virus. It's no. never going to get to be the Z virus. No, it's, gonna... it's not the flu. Yeah, we're, 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 getting, we're getting the same uh, amount of fear machine going on that they did a number of years ago. Remember when bird flu 
Oh uh, yeah. yeah, was the thing how they got the they got the fear machines rolling during it. It's the same. It's the same freaking thing, but people forget. You know, it's like is it bad? Is it bad if you get it? Absolutely. You know, but you know what? More people die of the of the regular flu than this. You know, yeah. just so they, oh, I heard on the radio this morning they were talking about the guy was reading how how it was transmitted through blood or feces, and he's like, and, it, and it, the guy was like, well, just, the guy, the, just don't eat anybody's blood or poo, and you should be fine. You know? <laughs> yeah, D don't wash the body. Don't wash the body, you know. With your tongue. With, after death, um, and then go cook food, which unfortunately happened in plenty of places in Africa um, because of funeral rites, you know. But that idea of they couldn't get people in Africa to give up funerary rites to protect the souls of the dead, to save them from Ebola. Well, you know, it's not that big a leap for Dawn of the Dead to say oh. people wouldn't give up the bodies of their loved ones to be mutilated by a gunshot wound to the head, you know. Um, they, they, they won't do that after death because what? It, it destroys the dignity of the corpse. What hope, exactly. So... Making that analogy, which is perfect, sir, what hope do we have? If we think we're better than a bunch of illiterate tribesmen in West Africa, we're not. I have got we're another, not. yeah, no, no, got another thing coming, kitties. Uh, well, 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 like our, the doctor also said, we, mu we must not be lulled by the concept that these are our family members or our friends. They are not. They will not respond to such emotions. And again, it's the same thing. It's like that's why so many people got bit and killed and it spread and it spread and spread because people were just like, oh, it's it's Uncle Bob. It's no, it's fine. And, and what I love about Romero's bites on his zombies, and now when uh, Roger gets bit, uh, spoiler alert, I'll give Roger credit on one thing. He does not whine about it. Nope. No, when he knows he fucked up, and he knows why he fucked up, and how it's his fucking fault. Yeah. Roger does not piss and moan. All he says is, you can't afford to lose me yet. Let's get on the job. You know, let's finish this so the rest of you can be safe. You know? Exactly. Because um, it's one of those things where, again, it comes to the question, well, did he... Because, again, you know, like in the Walking Dead TV series, you know, they've established that, oh, we all have the virus... And we all die, which Dawn of the Dead never did that. They never really, you know, explained, well, why are the dead coming back? Is it a virus? Although, Is it a... although Romero, I think, establishes in other films in his in that series that any death results in reanimation. Yes. But, so, but not explaining why. Is it viral? Is it they, He never really, he keeps a little bit of a mystery, which I'm fine with. Yes. I'm fine with there being a little bit of an unknown. Especially because if we knew, we could fix it. But, you know, as long as we don't know, it explains why we're fucking up, you know? Yeah. We're not adapting to the new reality because we can't change the new reality or define it, you know? And then we refuse to adapt, and boom! Extinction-level event. Well, the thing is, what kills Roger? Oh, spoiler alert. Uh, what, you know, because he, uh, he gets bit. Now... Does the zombie virus in him kill him, or is it just that the human mouth is a nasty, vile, disgusting, bacteria-filled thing, and if somebody takes a chunk out of your, one of those, especially since they're dead, and it's even worse, even the human, the, the living human mouth 
is a bacteria infestation factory already. Now you get somebody who's been walking around for a couple of weeks and it's rotten meat in there. Mmm, I'm sure it's perfectly clean like you just brushed your teeth and went to the yeah. dentist. No, it's even worse. You get a bite by that thing, that thing... I always kind of like... Immediately infected. You know? I always kind of like the idea that it wasn't necessarily that... Now, uh, uh, Peter says that I've seen people bitten by that bitten before, and they only last a couple of days. Three that days, is, yeah. that suggests that even getting them the best, you know, antibiotic care does not help. So that there's something extra special in there. Yeah. But Roger's death, in particular, that they just couldn't deal with the infection, it would have made sense. That if it's, that it's just a bite, it's just. I mean, I had a friend who almost lost a thumb. Because it got he got bitten on the thumb, uh, in a in a bar of all places, um, but he got bitten on the thumb and he ignored it for a couple of days, and then he goes in and they're like, "You're gonna lose your thumb. Uh, we're gonna have to fill you with antibiotics, but that thumb could be coming off. Otherwise, your wrist is coming off. Otherwise, your elbow is coming off. And without access to you know modern antibiotics, he could have just fallen over dead because the infection probably got so bad." You know, yeah. like that. Yeah. So, anyways, the um, uh, the uh, the the slow infection is I like that because, you know, rather than you're bit and 20 minutes later, you're running around as a zombie, because the slow infection means that the infection can spread further. If yeah. people are like, no, I'm fine. I can just get on this airplane and fly from London to New York. You know. It makes it worse. I think that the slow infection is actually more deadly and spreads the thing even further than the super quick one. The 28-day later rage zombies, no wonder they didn't get out of England. You know? if it, 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 No wonder they couldn't get on a boat full of refugees. All you'd have is a boat full of rage zombies drifting around, right, that you could sink at will, or a plane that would crash. You know? Um, the 28 days later rage zombies are... Easy to contain on England because people turn in what seconds? Yeah. There's no way for someone to go. I'm fine. I can just come right through the quarantine because if he's not frothing at the mouth and attacking you, he's not infected. That's you know like that. Yeah. Oh well, let me correct you, sir, and we'll we'll get into that semantic another time. They're rage. They're, they're infected. Be infected. They're not because this this is my only pet peeve with all these those movies is. Are they dead, and did they come back to life? No, then they're not a zombie. Yeah, that is my one, that's my one fucking rule for zombies. You have Let's to call them the infected, then. Yeah. yeah the oh, they days, I, I, they're just the infected. And certainly we've seen... Have you played The Last of Us, by the way, speaking of not zombie zombies? or It's a, it's a PlayStation-only game. Oh, okay. All right. Just checking with the, uh, the shroom zombies, the fungus zombies. I, and I guess maybe they are zombies insofar as... They're animated by the fungus that's moving them around. So whatever was there before might be gone. But anyways, moving along. So um, so they get the mall, and they're watching TV. It gets deteriorated. It goes down. They fortify their fortress. And then, of course, you know, it gets into... I'm just going to try to... Uh, yeah, somewhere. Through that so, we could, so we could get to the, uh, the remake. Is, you know, uh, you know... It goes to show, you know, they, they start getting complacent, and then they start start thinking, hey, you know what? Because they've been there for months, obviously. Months have gone by. Um, more and more zombies are out there, and they're like, what are we doing here? We're just we're just dying here because we're not we're not going anywhere. 
we're holed up, like, you know, like little scared rabbits. What are, what are we doing, you know? And then, of course, so people come along to help them out. To, <laughs> to encourage them to perhaps adopt a new plan. Um, and, yes, the, uh, the mall is raided by this marvelous biker gang. And, and here's the funny thing about the biker gang, Jared. In some ways, the biker gang is more successful than they are. Yes. And is doing it right because they're on the move. They've got, you know, they're organized. They're on the move. It's a big group. Um, and in some ways, it's like they're actually – now, one of the problems I have with, you know, the biker gang is, you know, sure, sure, at first it shows up and they're like, you know, they've been surviving on the road. They've got an organization. Um I liked that they kept their weapons. You know, there was like vehicles filled with weapons at like a van or something. Yeah. Because I liked the idea that they kept all the guns locked up so that the, the various members of the gang, biker gang wouldn't kill each other in the downtime while having arguments over shit. But when it was time for shit to roll, they break it out like, you know, hit the arsenal, boom. Everybody opens up. Yeah, they're just handing out, you know, next, 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 next is giving them whatever. So. Yeah. And they come to raid the mall. Now... They get they get stupid about it because it's like 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 uh, Peter had said it's like they're a professional army they've been surviving on the road since this all began and that's months and they're still they're still around but they get into the mall and they're like what's still jewelry and well that was the thing if they, if they had really been if they had been really doing this for months they wouldn't have done that they'd have had that argument about the TV set months ago now the part where they smash everything that they can't use. Oh, I totally get that, you know. Fuck it. Oh, look, Magnavox. You know, they don't care because they can't use it. Why are they grabbing jewelry off that one zombie? Yeah. It's like, well, my girlfriend likes uh, this this kind of jewelry, so I'm going to take it off the zombie. I mean, I sort of get that, but, yeah, they should have been hitting the gun store, the food places, the important shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, rather than the standard looting that we expect ne'er-do-wells, to get up to, you know, oh, I've got a VCR in the apocalypse, you know. Um, well, congr uh, congratulations, you win the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, that, that part was kind of dumb. And, of course, our, our, our one of our heroes, Stephen, freaks out because, again, on this sort of, you know. <laughs> Consumerism, it's our stuff. Yeah, yeah. He freaks out and does the thing where he's going to get proprietary about some shit he stole. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it, get, it, it leads to a disaster. It leads to a, an utter disaster. And their little civilization comes, their little micro-civilization fishbowl comes crashing down. Yep, and then, uh, yep, and then also there was, they didn't, well, they didn't have it in any of the uh, other versions, but apparently in the original version uh, there was written, uh, Peter and Fran, or something was supposed to happen, well, well, I mean, you can look it up in the internet, apparently. Apparently, in the original, they were supposed to uh, kill themselves. Yeah, they were supposed to. Peter's supposed to shoot himself, and Fran is supposed to jump up and, Into decap the... and decapitate herself with the helicopter. But what's kind of cool to me is they. Uh, Scott. Oh, oh. Am I back? Yes, now I got you. Uh, I was going to say they used the helicopter decapitation gag at the airport, just in a, a different form. A foreshadowing. 
Yeah. Know? And then Fran's head that they built for that gag is used for the shotgun blast of the face in the in the tenement building. Yep. If you slow it down, frame at a time on DVD or whatever, you can see that that head is clearly Fran's head with a fucking mustache and beard and you know dark paint glued to it to make it look uh, less Caucasian and more African American or, or Hispanic. And but it's Fran's head that explodes. So I'm like, I'm I'm glad to see George Romero knew better than to throw something out that he was going to have to, that he could use later. Yeah. So it's a, it's a classic movie, fantastic movie, 1978, uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, George Romero, when he was still good, uh, because... The not way, so much. Uh, no, it, he should not be allowed to make movies anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he, he's lost yeah. it. Like I said, Land, Land of the Dead, not a good film. It, it made it to where I was like, wow, I actually like Day of the Dead now compared to uh, you know, when Land of the Dead came out. Yeah, it, it did make Day of the Dead into a classic. It did. Yeah, it's it's much the same way that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull makes yeah. Temple of Doom suddenly look like high art. Yeah, and then uh, then he made uh, Diary of the Dead when he kind of rebooted the whole thing. Diary of the Dead wasn't it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. It was it was all right. It was an okay yeah. film. Um, again, it's not nothing I'd write home about, but it, it was decent. But then he came out with Did you ever see that Stephen? Sure. Survival of the Dead. Did you ever see that yes, pile yes, of poop? Yes, I did. Yeah. It is. It is a steaming pile of poop. It is. It's just, after I saw that, I'm like, okay, he's lost it. Oh, he didn't have a budget. No, that movie was horrible. It was the Hatfields versus the McCoys in the zombie apocalypse. It was so fucking there's bad. No, there's no. There's no problem with that idea. Of of people who are fighting each other during the, you know they're again having a, they're gonna have a fist fight in a burning house. I don't mind that story. I was just you know it, it's one bad CGI thing after another. It's one bad characters doing incredibly stupid things after another. Um, you know, uh, and you know you're in trouble from the word go with that fucking CGI head that pops like a balloon. Oh, at the very beginning, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, that was awful. That right, just kids, kids, kids avoid survival of the dead. Don't ever submit yourself to it. Yeah. We, we have, we we've watched it and suffered, so you don't have to. Okay, don't, never don't do it. Don't do it. So, all right. So that's Dawn of the Dead. Also, at the time, uh, I guess there's a game company uh, called SPI. Uh, so all all your old wargaming grognards would know SPI. They did do a Dawn of the Dead uh, board game. Uh, back then, it was basically the mall. You had a map, and you have you have a map, and you have your chits, and you could uh, you know play the game. It was a couple of dice. So would you would you hold up the map if you could just to uh, yeah, yeah. Hold on. let me get it out. By the way, when I got this game, it was sealed. Just so you know, I opened it. <laughs> oh, the sacrifices that you make. For your viewers, I did. Well, I didn't open it recently. It's been open for years. Oh, okay. That's gonna give you more credit than I you deserve. Yeah, yeah. Let me back up a little bit here so you could uh, see it. Yeah, yep. Well, let me uh, let me talk so the camera stays on me so people can see. It. Yeah, so basically, you got your mall. It's not the mall of the movie, but it's laid out, and you and you're doing all your crazy stuff in the mall. So simple again. 
simple strategy, typical uh, SPI games from the 1970s. So, so the, the trick was you had to run around the mall, seal the doors, and kill all the zombies inside, or do you win when you seal the last door? Um, you know what? I don't remember. I never... I don't remember. I've never read the rules because I was like, I'm never going to play this, but it's one of those things I just had to... Uh, I, I do remember. Well, wait, 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 how the game is won. All right. Hey, I found the victory conditions right from opening the. Uh, hold on, let me look here. Um, oh, because apparently there's there's humans and there's zombies. Uh, the zombie player wins the game if all three characters are killed, and or become super zombies. The human players win uh, the game if the following conditions are fulfilled. All four main doors are closed. Um, each one of the characters has a certain bit of equipment. All the zombie units are eliminated, zombie players... Yeah, so basically, you know, if the humans win if you kill the zombies and seal the doors, essentially. Okay. Uh, what I remember about the game was the super zombie thing, which was that if a player character, or if a, a human character turned into a zombie, it becomes a more effective zombie in the game. It yeah, because it's, it's recently dead, so... Um, it, uh, it's even more problematic to lose people to the zombie hordes. Yeah, um, but I don't remember like what I don't remember is where they were like there's no, I don't know if there's different types of zombies or if the zombie you know that's there you go Jared that's our next well I guess that's more of a zombie game but I was gonna say if there's any there's a lot of board games that do zombie apocalypses and I think that that SPI game might be the very first. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so anyway, so that's you know that's a game that came out during that time. So all right, let's talk about um, Zach Schneider. Zach Schneider, the uh, and the and the original script was penned by uh, James James Gunn, yeah, who who wrote Scooby Doo, by the way, folks. If you didn't know that, now he also wrote was it Slither, and directed Slither. I believe a, so. Which is a monster movie, and I want to say he comes out of the Joss Whedon stable of writers who wrote for Buffy and Angel as well. I think that's also where he. But he did write Scooby Doo. All right, we just can't. <laughs> so you're just going to have to keep putting that back on him. And he wrote Scooby-Doo. And he wrote Scooby-Doo. Uh, but he wrote, the, he wrote the original screenplay, and of course, and then two other uh, writers came in to uh, kind of tweak it out a little bit. So the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. Now, when I first heard about this, I'm like, blasphemy! They can't remake this movie. How dare they? But I will have to say that the only similarities that this film really has to the original is, number one, the name, the title of it, and they, and it took place in a mall. That is it. Otherwise, there's, they could have called this movie something else. They could have called this Mall of the Dead. They could have called this, you know, we like killing zombies a lot in the mall. Tot they could have totally completely changed the name, and it would have been a perfectly fine, standalone zombie movie. Okay? Now... I should also point out that um, James Gunn's the writer-director on Guardians of the Galaxy, and considering how much money that made, he's going to be able to make whatever he wants. He's not going to have to Scooby-Doo anymore. That's, it's gonna that's be, true. It's going to be slithery, uh, slithery monster movies uh, from sunup until sundown uh, with the kind of cash he's, he's – uh, and cachet he's got with Hollywood now. Oh, yeah. Now he does, absolutely. But – um, now, also with this movie, again, it's in title only, so I think really, and then there, and there's some cameos from some of the original characters in the movie, and they try to they try to you know nod a little bit to the original film, but otherwise it doesn't really resemble it much at all, uh, except they're zombies, and also they come from the so we'll talk about this briefly too is 
they come from the fast zombie school, okay? Because that, you know, after, you know, 28 days later, which people think were zombies, that's when the whole fast thing started. Now, so these are this is fast zombie, fast apocalypse, as opposed to slow apocalypse, because it happens pretty quick. Now, how do I feel about, and we might have talked about this before, fast zombies versus slow zombies. Now, again, I do like the classic slow zombie apocalypse, just because that's where we're used to, and that's probably the only zombie apocalypse I might have any chance of freaking surviving, okay? That's why it's our favorite, because it's we, our might, favorite. we might make it. Oh, yeah, I, this, forget it. I'm, I'm freaking lunch. I'm just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just a fa I'm just fast food, okay? It's, um, but... Not that fast. Yeah, well... Neither one of us. <laughs> no, especially, no, I get, anyway. Um, I, I could get the fast zombie genre, okay, to an extent. The way I could see it and justify it is when the zombies first go, okay, what, why do the zombies move slow? What is causing them to move slow? Why would they not move quickly? Is it because the brain is dead and it's not processing things quickly, so they're just kind of meandering around? You know, is that inhibiting them? Um, now, I can see when somebody first dies, sure, they'd be able to move normal and quickly because there's nothing restricting them. Now, as they die, if rigor mortis takes place, which it does after a while, then I can see them slow down as the slow zombies. But then eventually that's going to break loose, but then all this freaking running around without feeling is going to tear them apart. Also, with, them. also without healing. We're constantly replacing cells all the time. Zombies don't, so they 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 fall apart because you know if they're running around because everyone's like oh they're marathon Olympic runners no they're not it's just that they don't have the same pain receptors that you and I do that tell us hey you can't run that fast because it really fucking hurts okay they just keep going so that's why they can move faster because they don't have the same inhibitors that we have that keep us. From, from tearing ourselves apart. And they will tear themselves apart eventually where they've got a bad knee, they're slowing it down, they've hurt their arms. So I can see eventually they're going to slow down. That would, be, that would be a great zombie where they start off in the initial outbreak as fast as we are, and then months later they're missing a foot, their ankles are both broken, but they're still wobbly walking on them or they're crawling or, you know. That would be awesome. That would be an awesome uh, like I said, they start off fast, rigor mortis sets in, it's going to slow them down for a while, but then they get quick again, and then they get slow again as they start to fall apart. So I could see, you know, if I had to say, okay, let's bring the old school and the new school together, that's my compromise on, on, on that on that uh, angle here. But these are just fast, you know, fast as shit, we're out of the gate, uh, zombies. So, uh, again, this movie starts off good. I, I just I really like this movie. I I, th I just I think this movie is great. Even though people are like saying it's not it's not Dawn of the Dead, well it's it's really its own movie. You know it starts off with um, you know it's got Sarah Polly in it. You know who's the nurse, and it starts off showing you know, and even in the movie the breakdown's pretty. It's kind of start, It's just starting to happen. You know, things are starting to happen. There's there's the warning signs, which she turns off. That, that's the, that moment where the writer's saying, certain reports are click. You yeah. know. Oh, and, she's, and she's seen these things in the hospital. It's like, oh, he's in, uh, 
isolation, blah, 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 from a bite. There, so you're, the, all the little signals are there, ignoring it, the TV's on, they're broadcasting, they totally miss all that to where in the morning it all goes to shit, you know, when she wakes up in the morning. Yeah, it's been to shit for about two hours and you slept through the first part of it. Congratulations. Yeah, so she's flipping, and then the movie really starts to pick up pace, you know, because it's got her, you know, it's got her escape scene, all this shit's going down. There's some really good scenes and shots in this movie, like, because they do a lot of good aerial pullback shots. Oh, your, your favorite shot is the helicopter shot over the city. Oh, you yeah. Just, you look down on it, and there's that there's that car crash that's just, oh, yeah. Oh, there's this amazing car crash, and you're seeing fires, like, everywhere, explosions. It's just all, it's going down right now. It's happening, you know? And uh, it's, it's, and, and it's, you know, so that happens, uh, and then, you know, she winds up encountering some of the other characters, and then they go to the mall, you know, because, you know, one, you know, they run into a cop, they run into people on the street, and, you know, the one cop wants to go to, like, Fort uh, Benning or Bragg, or I can't remember what, what, the, what, the, what the military base is, and, you know, the one guy's like, I wouldn't go out there, officer, and, and then he's like, why? He's like, it's full of those fuckers. He's like, and he's like, we already tried that back when there was eight of us, and there's like three of them left. They already tried to cross the highway, and they lost five fucking people. Yeah, yeah, just trying to get across the highway. And the, the, the thing is, is that uh, the zombies are fast, which makes headshots so much harder. And they're... They're, they're impossible. <laughs> and bite to death to, to, to transformation is a matter of hours, not a matter of days. Which, which, which is bad, um, but in some ways, it means in, in some ways that, that since it's hours, not days, I, it actually limits. You can't get on a plane and cross the Atlantic if you've been bitten. You'll turn before the plane gets there, and the plane will not get there. Um, but it's still, it's clear from the news roundup during the credits. That oh yeah, it's global. It's global. It's everywhere. Right fucking now. Oh, and of course the opening montage with the Johnny with the Johnny Cash song, the man yeah. comes around. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is it. Pretty yeah, it sums it up nicely. It's one of the best pieces of apocalyptic music <laughs> ever. Yeah, perfect song. And, <laughs> and that one freaking scene in the credits where they're like in front of the White House. You know, there's like a chopper. There's some you know. You know, uh, soldiers there, and stuff like a news person's come up, secretary, secretary, the microphone, they're like, they're like, go, 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 they can't, boom, they just like blow everybody away. It's just like, it's totally gone in the fucking Yeah, shirt, the, the idea know? that a guy rushing forward, they don't know what's going on, don't actually know what the problem is, right? But they're, but they're just shooting. You know, um, so, but some guy rushes forward aggressively, I gotta get the story, because that's important right now, and Boom! The fucking security detachment just mows down the press corps. Holy shit! That is that is one of the moments you're like, okay, it is officially in the it's in the shitter. If <laughs> yeah, it's to, it's totally in the toilet at that point. You yeah. Know? And if the security detachment is so tweaked by this this insanity that they just open up into the press corps with, I think one of them's firing. An M249, you know, I just, so, yeah. just uh, uh, the squad, you know, a uh, uh, squad, squad automatic weapon. Oh, uh, it's just awful. It's just like, okay, yeah, mm, that's that's bad. 
<laughs> that's 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 really bad. Um, yeah. So 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 it's breaking down. They meet these characters. Dave's like, we're gonna go to the mall. So again, that's the only other connection to the original film is they go to this huge mall. Huge number of characters in the mall. Yeah. Giant pile of people. Uh, not four. You know, uh, they went with a huge pile of characters. Um, you know, uh, a fair number of them. You know, and they they of course something that um, Dawn of the Dead doesn't have. Dawn of the Dead doesn't have the unlikable completely useless, no-skill-having asshole who is, uh, you know, there to do everything wrong all the time, you know. Uh, there is that guy. They have that guy. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, and, and this movie, and it's kind of a cliche, and, you know. Um, you know, but Dawn of the Dead remake, the, uh, the he does some things really well. I really love the relationship between Ving Rhames and the gun store owner across the street, yep. where they have a relationship that's just what they can write on a dry erase board and hold up and look at each other through binoculars. But they create a relationship between these two guys that is awesome, you know? And um, it really worked, and yet it had... They, they did it in such a low-key way, you know? Oh, yeah, then, you know, because... You know, they're there, there's some security guards there who are total freaking a-holes, you know, and then more people come, and that whole scene with the panel truck, awesome. Yeah, yes, uh, shout out to my friend Mish, he loves the panel truck, where they're getting the people from the church into the, yeah, the, the whole scene with the panel truck, right into that part where they go to the door. Oh, that, that's great. We won't spoil That's a great scene. This Them getting out the door, fantastic. Yeah, back into the shit they've been avoiding, you know, by being inside. That moment is amazing. And I just got one line, you're going to have to throw that shit right out of your head. When somebody makes a dumb yeah. suggestion, it's like, uh, you're going to have to throw that shit right out of your head. No way. <laughs> it's right up there with, uh, what's the name, Murphy's comment about taking the tunnel in 28 days later where they're going to go into the dark car crowded tunnel and he says this is a shit idea yeah do you, do you know how i know it's a shit idea because it's obviously a shit idea <laughs> it's like yeah yes it is that's how you know there shouldn't have to be a lot of debate about how bad an idea this is yeah but that, um, that the dialogue of these two characters is freaking fantastic you know i just love it it's just like I, I still, I still like, I still love Michael Kelly. Michael Kelly played CJ, one of the, uh, one of the uh, security guards, and he is the least do, well, not quite the least douchey, but he's, you know, I, you understand his motivations. He's fucking terrified, but at some point, you know, once the situation changes, he fucking adapts. He, he, he stops being a dildo, um, and yeah, he, he comes along and redeems himself. You yeah. Know? Uh, and I want to point out that he's in another. He's uh, he's one of these guys who just he's going to be a that guy actor, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he's been in things like Changeling. Uh, he's been in things like uh, Generation Kill, where he was the only officer that was, you know, except for Lieutenant Frick, he's the only officer who's not worth, totally worthless. Um, uh, and I want to say he was in um, an Apocalypse movie, uh, Flesh and Bone, which was about a group of survivors trapped in a hospital. A, an abandoned hospital that they've been using as their headquarters, trapped by a group of cannibals that's picking off the members of the 
it was it was a film that was made for the After Dark Film Festival or something like that. It was a series of movies that were were, were made, I guess, in the mid two maybe the mid two thousands. Like they did it for like two years, and there are a number of decent films. And uh, uh, Flesh and Bone is in there uh, as and it's an apocalypse. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, what was that? Uh, the After Dark Film Festival. Yeah, they did that for a number of years, and we we found there were some good films that came out of there, like uh, the. The Mexican... Uh, oh, Borderland. Yeah, Borderland. Uh, a great film. Yeah, really terrifying. Uh, and um, uh, much better than Flesh and Bone. Flesh and Bone only gets... A, we only gave it a look because it was apocalyptic. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, uh, he's one of these actors I'm hoping to see a lot more of, just because, you know... Um, okay. I mean, the guy who plays the main asshole, the even more useless asshole... I mean, CJ, the guard, is actually a very useful asshole... But the guy who's useless is the guy with the boat, and that's a guy named Ty Burrell, who's a comedian. And this guy has gone on to what was he on? Uh, oh, he's on. He's on a lot of. Uh, he's he's done a lot of good. He's done a lot of stuff. You know, uh, yeah. very visible stuff too. Yeah, he's gone on had a big career in comedy. Um, he keeps turning up on K. Speaking of guys, you know about zombies and apocalypses. He keeps showing up on K and Peel. Oh, does he? Yes. Yeah, they keep they brought him back a couple times playing a Nazi officer. Um, Who's trying to? We has at the uh, Negroes in the house, and Kay and Peel are wearing white face. Nope, nope, no Negroes oh. here. And the Nazi also starts trying to test if they're Negroes by like checking their hat size and seeing if they react to cat toys. The Negro is very susceptible to the cat toy, and they're all like, uh, "Yeah, that's not work." Oh, sorry, most not many Negroes here. He he's absolutely hilarious in those two sketches. But yeah, um, people have you know we've seen less of Ving Rhames these days. Yeah, we have of guys like Ty Burrell and Michael Kelly. Um, but but yeah, it's a, that movie. It's just so. Um, oh, and Matt Frewer, got to give it up for Matt Frewer. In Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. He uh, he did his part very well, filling in for Roger, really. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of good, you know, the, the characters, the interaction. Uh, of course, you get some of the annoying characters who are like, like, I think I think part of their problem was caused, you know, part of their downfall was caused by, you know, I'm sorry, but the, the stupid girl that they have in movies, you know? Who, yeah, who, who suffers no actual repercussions for her stupid. Nope. Nothing. Other people die. Big piles of other people die. And because of her. Yeah, but she just keeps being stupid with no apparent, you know, downside. Yeah, that's one of those things where I would have picked up on like the, the she's got the she's got oh. the she's got the crazy, and it's just like, no, you're bad. You get to be locked in a room with with your dog and never talk to never talk to us. Okay, you still had a plate of food under the door every once in a while and change your bucket, but you're yeah. not allowed, you're not allowed to come out here with the rest of us. And do crazy shit that's gonna fuck our shit up. That's oh yeah. Well, that and that the other the other shit with uh, again you know with uh, the couple and you know the pregnant woman. Oh. Like, oh, like how did they let that happen? It's just like oh no, it's fine. It's like uh, no, I'm a fucking nurse and we're all living in this fucking apocalypse. I'm gonna check on your fucking pregnant wife. I'm fucking. End, end of story. There's no debate about this. We're not no. having a debate. Um, the whole part where they let people... Wait a minute. You let her and that guy go off to the Babies Are Us department store and just hide in the back until there's a problem, and now we have 
three fucking corpses. Yeah. Um, no. Not not doing that. No, nobody gets to go off and be by their lonesome. Yeah, so that, that that was a that was a huge problem with that. It's like eh, I don't know if that really would happen. So that's but uh, but it, again, but then it would make for less action. So yeah. there's a few stupid writer tricks in it. Far more stupid writer tricks than in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Peter freaking out about and starting a fight that they can't win. Totally buy that. Yeah. Um, the guys running off and taking all the guns and leaving Francine with nothing to defend herself with. You know? Totally, totally. Oh, yeah, absolutely that shit would happen once. And she makes sure it doesn't happen again, which is one yeah. of the things I really like about that character. She's like, I am not your fucking den mother. I am not going to be left alone without a firearm, and we are going to figure out, we're going to learn how to fly this helicopter because we're not relying on our only way out being this guy. You know? Yeah. She's, Francine's, Francine's one of the clearest thinking people in the movie. In Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, anyways, the, but the, the the sequel or the remake or the reboot, whatever you call it, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's good. Exciting. A lot of action. A lot of good lines. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of good moments in that film. There's one I was thinking of when we were talking, but I totally. Um, oh, talking about you know the asshole rich guy with the boat. You know that whole that whole dialogue. It's like so. It's like. So what you're gonna say is we're gonna you know um, that's CJ's line, but yes, go ahead, yeah. I, I I can't remember exactly. I always get it wrong, but it's like it's something like it's like so we're gonna you know uh, we're gonna you know send this guy a sandwich and then we're gonna you know uh, we're gonna you know take this bus and then we're gonna you know you know get in the bus and he's gonna hop on the you know then he's gonna hop on the bus cowboy style and then do we're some cover yeah do do some. Uh, uh, cover wagon bullshit. Yeah, cover wagon bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit, and and then we're gonna, you know, uh, you know, to to go to the dock to get in this asshole's boat, you know, that may or may not be there, and like, yup, yeah, that's about it. I'm in. You know, that whole freaking dialogue is. I didn't. Do, I did not do it any justice, but that whole little dialogue is just so fucking. Fantastic. CJ, CJ, summing up the plan. You know, just like, you know, yeah. I just want to say how. Let's just check how stupid this is, and then he's like, "Well, fuck, we don't have any options. So, you know, really? color me, color me in, you know." <laughs> like, yep, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm in. So, yeah, a lot of action, a lot of gore, uh, you know, but a lot of good scenes, you know, a lot of high tension through the movie, and then of course, and then towards the end, you know, there's another one of those classic pullback scenes that they do really well. Um, you know, if there's this horde of freaking zombies just pouring oh, into this one area. The, the scene where, by, go, by driving through town, they have attracted the attention of everything that's moving. Along the so, way. Yeah, so when they get to the fucking boat docks, there's this pullback where you just see what they've attracted. Yeah. And it, oh, my God, it's bad. Oh, my it's God. It's real bad. <laughs> and then just, uh, just CJ again redeems himself, and he's like, you know, it's like fucking kindergarten. You know, it's like he again he redeems himself and just the ending. Again, I'm not going to talk about the lines. Uh, yeah, our our um, our uh, the, the reaction of our, our was it he uh, he works at Target or something? Yeah, Best Buy. He sells Best TV. Buy. Sells TVs at Best Buy. Yeah. You know, just his dialogue with uh, Sarah Polly's character is just really just that quick, simple dialogue is re- really good. Again, again, like we said, there's a lot of writer tricks, there's a lot of bullshit stuff in this that maybe shouldn't have happened. But I think overall, a lot of good action, a lot of good acting, a lot of good lines. 
you know, they, they, they keep it elevated through most for through a lot of the movie. They keep and the zombies elevated. look good. The and zombies the, look good. Uh, George Romero's zombies in 1978 are people with blue makeup. Yeah. Well, again, low budget, t- you know, period piece. You know, that's just what they had to work with. You know, Tom Savini complains about his blood. If you hear him in the interviews, he's like, "Oh my God, the blood is pink. It's orange. I'm not worthy. I'm a terrible special effects guy." But you know, Tom had five bucks to work with, and with his, he made that five bucks stretch. He did a great. Okay, job. he did, and I think that's probably he probably wanted to redeem himself was when he. Uh, he did the remake, like he did his own remake of the Night of the Living Dead, uh, 1991, that came out. He directed, wrote that, uh, kind of rewrote the, rewrote it because he didn't get to work on the original 19, uh, 1968 one because he went to freaking Vietnam. As <laughs> yeah, and he uh, his his 1991 remake, fan fucking tastic. So. It's it's as good as it could possibly be for a remake uh, because uh, I mean his options were either go shot for shot with no surprises, or his option was to give it just enough changes to put us off our footing because we've yeah. seen the first film a yeah. million times. Well, he 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 worked with that knowledge, knowing that you know this film and we're going to get you, you know, yeah. because because you, you think you know what's going to happen. And he did a really good job with that. I think that yeah. was the right move uh, because. And he did a fine job. It's 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 eminently watchable. You're gonna watch anything this week? Yes. If you haven't seen it. You're you're missing out on that too. Exactly. So so this, so this is really good. And what was really cool about this is uh, when I when I got it, it can't, I don't know what happened. I think it was with the DVD. Like one of these little special featurettes that they had was um, this. I can't remember what it was called, but actually I, I have it favored uh, on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you go to our favorite section, it's on the favorite section. It was like this little 20-minute little video that they put together, like showing the breakdown. Like, oh yeah, it's the newsroom. The newsroom thing, like I can't, I can't remember what it was called. Um, but they do this whole thing with the news, talking about day one, day three, and they're showing all the, they're kind of showing the, the little bit of the breakdown and what's going on in the news. It's actually pretty. It was just this little vignette that they made, you know, very low quality, but it was cool. It was neat because actually, what actually was pretty cool is, um, I don't know, ten years ago, uh, me and my friends were playing a we played a, for, a, for a little while, a month or two, uh, All Flesh Must Be Eaten, you know, the Eden Studios zombie game, which came out in 1999 before the zombie craze hit, and it's a really good it's a really good game game system. We were playing All Flesh, and we started off the campaign because I had the disc at the time, playing that little 20 minute vignette. Was the start of our zombie game because this is what's going. This is what's going on in the world right now. Bum, 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 and he picked it up right where the vineyard ended and the fucking shit hit the fan. That's that's a really good way to get the mood and the information to your players without doing an annoying info dump, which is something I have been guilty of many many times. So, you want to show don't tell. That's great. Yeah, it worked, it worked great, and it's again. I have a favorite on the YouTube channel for everybody who hasn't seen it yet. So, and again, you know, we didn't get into much details this because it's still it's kind of newer. So maybe people haven't had a chance to. People may or may not have seen it, so we'll give them a little bit of a break. But it's it's really worth uh, seeing. I mean, we talk about you know this in de- the the original detail because it's the classic, it's the original. Uh, you know, everybody should have seen it. This one, people may or may not have seen it because people were maybe are hesitant. But again, just take the name out of it. You know, and just think of it as its own zombie film. 
modern with you know contemporary zombies, it's it's good. It's totally worth your while. Totally, it's really you it's really, will not be bored. Yeah. How about that. It's, yeah. This the big sin movies commit is that they are boring, and Zack Schneider did not make a boring movie. Yeah, and I'm pretty finicky about movies. You know, I'm very picky. Um, so that, and I shouldn't say that because I have a lot of guilty pleasures. Which, okay, all right. So, so those are the Dawn of the Dead films, folks. So again, check them out. They're readily available. You you can get them anywhere. You know, uh, rent them. Netflix, uh, uh, Amazon. I'm sure you, you one of these services has it. You can easily get it. You can probably get them cheap too if you wanted to buy them. Uh, definitely worth worth owning. Um, we're, I'm going to wrap this up by just telling you what we're what we were thinking about doing for next week. Not 100% on it yet, but I think what we're going to do is uh, me and Scott were talking, and Scott had came up with a good idea of let's talk about the apocalypse movies that you don't need to see. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I somebody uh, I09 or Kotaku had this thing about you know uh, this film called. Rollerblade, uh, that there's we put it. I put it up on the on the Facebook page. Yeah, it looks like a film you don't need to see. Uh, yeah. Really, yeah. So we're so we're gonna talk about you know I think we're probably gonna talk about the apocalypse movies that you don't need to see, plus ones that you don't need to see but you need to see because they're guilty pleasures. Yeah, for <laughs> us they're the ones that we know they're shit. We know they're terrible. We know. We we we. Don't want to admit how much we enjoy them, but we kind of have to. Well, there, there's my my guilt. What the first guilty pleasure that came to mind when we were talking was Defcon Four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, total guilty pleasure, crap movie. You know, the whole the poster was misleading. Oh, look at the spacesuit, the skeleton, and the and the missile satellite. Oh my God, it's such a bad movie. You, but, you know, the, yeah, what's great is that that poster was not made for the movie. That poster was a piece of science fiction art that had been floating around since the 70s. And I don't know if it's Michael Whalen or somebody, but it's or Chris Foss, but it's some big name in science, in science fiction posters and art that they just bought it off of him and it plugged it on the movie as... <laughs> No connection whatsoever to the movie in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah, it's special. That one's that one's extra special. So we're gonna need to we're gonna need to do our homework a little bit on this one. So we're gonna have to be we're gonna be digging around the internet for the next two weeks because uh, I mean there's stuff that we easily know like you know you know the Bronx Warrior. These are some awful apocalypse movies out there. We're just gonna talk. We're just gonna talk about. You know, it's almost going to be like an MST three thousand version. There's a number that I only know of because I saw them on um, MST three thousand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of them like that, and um, the one the one batch that I I don't know much about, and I'll have to do some research on, are these Filipino made. Oh, you've mentioned this before. Yeah, these 1980s vintage Filipino made, uh, shot in a rock quarry somewhere outside of Manila. Well, because because rock quarries are the apocalypse, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We'll have to get around to warning everyone off. Um, metal storm. Uh, well, the, <laughs> the, metal storm, the destruction of Jared Sin in 3D. But, in uh, 3D. Oh my God. But that was, I think, that was less of a post-apocalyptic, but more of a 
space bounty hunter. You're right. You're you're right. It's right up there with um that shit. But it looked apocalyptic. It was, yeah, it, was, it looked like Road Warrior ripoff, you know? Clearly. You're right. They're lasers. I forget they're stupid lasers in Metal Storm. But it was clearly ripping off the look of, of, of uh, Road Warrior. Same thing with um, Space Hunter, also in 3D. I, I, think, I think Metal Storm might actually be a ripoff of Space <laughs> Hunter, <laughs> which... You know that's that's going way down the food chain if you're ripping off. We're right. gonna get the Metal Storm audience, really. Both of them. We're gonna get those. T- well, <laughs> the thing is with Metal Storm, Destruction of Jared Sin, the bad guy is Richard Mole from freaking Night Court with like oh this, my God. with like this with like this big metal plate over his face. And, and, and Tim Thomerson's in there somewhere. Oh God. Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. Tim Thomerson from every bad '80s film ever. Yeah. Yeah, at least, at least um, that shitty um, uh, uh, space hunter has Michael Ironside under all the prosthetic in playing the the evil overdog. I think he's literally the overdog. Wow. Yeah, we have to research that. I mean, we can talk about things like the apocalyptic dystopian future of solar babies. You know? Oh, oh, God. oh, 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 Jerry, oh. God, Jason Patrick and and Logan, sorry, and 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 Francis Seven, Richard Jordan, Richard Jordan. Oh my God! Yeah. Well, that's um... fuck. Well, yes, we can do a roundup of films that Firebird twenty seventy seven or whatever that. Oh my God! There's the list of things you should not have to put up with. Yeah. So all right. So now, okay. It's all right. So I'm gonna have to do my homework the next couple weeks. So that's, shall we, that, that's shall we, our topic. Shall we call this? Shall we call this one? This episode, the Forbidden Zone. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. I want to say something with cheese or bad cheese. I don't know. We'll, I'll think of something good. You know. Bring the pain. You know. Yes. <laughs> Warning: Do not enter. <laughs> Nobody gets out of here alive. Nobody. The court. The quarantine. You know. Oh, um, all right. That's our plan. That is our plan. plan. We're 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 gonna and you know if if we're feeling generous, we'll uh, watch some of these bad movies just so you don't have to. But uh, <laughs> don't expect us to do it. Have, oh yeah, you know I don't I don't really drink anymore. I think I might have to become an alcoholic again. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my chip. No, I'm not. I'm not really an alcoholic. Folks, I'm just I'm just kidding, but uh, it may make me one if I have to watch yeah. all of the movies, you know. Yeah, luckily it's it's uh, luckily if they're bad and we've seen them, we don't have to review them. Yeah, we just we just gotta we just gotta bad mouth them, you know. Yeah. So, all right. so, so that's our topic for next uh, now, two weeks from now, which will be uh, we'll call it the Forbidden Zone for uh, the time being. That's gonna be our placeholder, and it might just stick. So. Uh, <laughs> So that's it. So we have bad, movie, bad apocalyptic movies, and you know we might even roll TV shows in there too. If it's bad and it's on, if it's bad and it's on celluloid, we're gonna talk about it. You know, so. um, we, we can even throw in books if you wanna. If, although, yeah, that, that's, you know, a, that, that's a that's a whole other show. That might be a whole another hour's worth of crap. Oh my god. Oh yeah, we can just talk about every survivalist book out there, but uh, <laughs> and uh, out of the ashes. Anyway. All right, so we're talking about you know generally probably film films that you shouldn't see. Maybe I'll leave out TV. So that's it, folks. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, 
you know, again, watch both of them, worth your time. So, Absolutely. So this was episode 34, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Jared Wallace, the Apocalypse Nerd, Adam Bob Glancy, uh, saying thank you and good night. Good night. <laughs>